0: My god, they're dead! Who could have done such a heinous act? I bet it was that frog down by the swamp. I don't like that frog. He's got them shifty eyes. It was that convict Iron Jaw that rap scallion. I bet it was that strange shadowy figure that likes to swing in the park on Thursday nights. I'll swaddle. My stuffed panda. He's possessed. It could have been Ricky's arm. We haven't seen it since it got cut off. I definitely know who the killer is. Blank is the killer. Hello and welcome to Blank is the killer, the unoriginal horror movie podcast where I cover six new to me horror movies with a random spooky seventh topic at the end i'm your host josh baker and this episode i'll be covering arcade love combined people and family deaths would you be down to share your headspace with other people i sure wouldn't normally be down but today's a special day let's all combine into one beautiful perfect person and get to it number one sequence break 2017 directed by graham skipper a guy named oz works at a store that sells arcade machines he meets a girl named tess and they instantly hit it off at the shop the owner jerry is killed by a vagrant that leaves behind an arcade machine board oz gets back to the shop finds the board puts it into a machine plays the game and then makes love to the arcade machine later on tess plays the arcade machine and it kills her the vagrant then tells oz the machine is all-powerful oz sees possible futures he decides to destroy the now gooey arcade board which turns back time jerry is still alive oz begins working towards higher aspirations and he again meets tess who is alive the vagrant is the killer well kind of what he does is undone by oz it doesn't make a lot of sense this movie is not good in an earlier episode i talked about a movie called beyond the gate which had sequence breaks director graham skipper and the actor that plays oz chase williamson in it i liked beyond the gate somewhat so i decided to give sequence break a chance this is your typical sad boy writes a movie where a nerd dude gets a manic pixie dream girl that's way out of his league out of nowhere for no reason there's no chemistry between the two actors that play the couple the whole relationship is so incredibly forced Now if you look past the terrible romance and downright awful acting all around there are some interesting things in the movie. I appreciate the absolute weirdness that is a dude having strange sex with an arcade machine. The joystick and buttons get all gooey as Oz continues to play the game which is then accompanied by moaning and what have you the board then ends up having a strange white substance on it which makes it transform into a grotesque bubbly mess of organic material and hardware how many movies have you seen where someone has relations with an arcade machine multiple times on screen that's right none unless for some reason you've already seen sequence break besides arcade machine banging there are a few other interesting things to see Oz's hand turns black which he then smashes into pixels Oz shoves a microchip into his forehead, which looks great and gross. Unfortunately, none of this saves the movie from being boring and way too long. This is a short film dragged out to be a feature. I get that feature length films are what people want to see. Let's be honest, most people don't watch short films unless they get a ridiculous amount of hype. A majority of the population is not scouring the internet for a short film about a dude that bangs an arcade machine so choosing to make it a feature length film that'll end up on streaming services sounds like the logical option thing is if you're going to make a feature length film you really have to justify the length by making sure the movie is engaging it was a chore to sit through sequence break i wasn't invested in the characters at all so i didn't care when tess died i felt bad for the store owner jerry but that's just because he seemed like a nice old man besides the awful love story the movie has oz and tess be gamers except i don't think any of the people involved in this movie have ever actually played video games all the lines about games are cringe inducing the game that ends up being played on the evil machine doesn't make any sense based on oz's hand movements on the stick and buttons i guess it could just put him in a weird trance which makes sense i just wanted more from the evil game back to the acting i don't want to blame the actors for being terrible the script is the true culprit none of the dialogue is believable everything is cheeseball to the max the actors did all they could with what they had the few instances of interesting body horror are not reason enough to watch sequence break don't waste your time watch a movie from the mind of david cronenberg called videodrome that was released in 1983 instead number two vampire clay 2017 directed by soichi umazawa when an art school student ends up using some cursed clay their teacher found buried in the ground the clay comes to life and starts killing people it's revealed that a random guy killed his sculptor friend whose body ended up becoming one with the last clay sculpture the sculptor made thus creating the vampire clay one of the students and the teacher end up stopping the vampire clay by heating it up after it has killed everyone else they bury the clay in a sealed box and years later the box is opened and the clay gets wet the vampire clay grows burrows under tokyo and starts to destroy the city the random guy and the vampire clay are the killers going into this i expected a weird japanese gore movie with fun practical effects that's what i got even though i got what i expected do i recommend this movie nope well actually i recommend the first two thirds the first two thirds of this movie are fun and interesting you watch art students struggle to try and make it into art academies with a little bit of clay weirdness in the first third the second third is absolute crazy clay time where the clay begins killing people shifting into the people it kills and using its new disguises to hunt down more people the practical effects are where this movie shines sure they aren't the most believable effects in the world but they have a certain charm you get to see people's body parts turn into clay faces break away to reveal other faces the clay sculpture protrude out of a man's stomach after you see clay dust travel down that same man's throat there are squished faces and bloody wounds all these effects are fun to gawk at sure the stop motion sequences don't look realistic and probably could have used more frames but they are still enjoyable and fun to watch if you are a fan of japanese gore movies you know exactly what i'm talking about the genre is chock full of cheesy visual effects that gross you out and make you laugh at the same time now the last third of vampire clay is completely pointless i don't need to see the buried box get breached releasing the vampire clay to attack tokyo this whole sequence drags on and doesn't add anything to the movie the movie should end after the teacher drops the box off at the art school in tokyo where her ex teaches i recommend watching the movie up until that point the acting in this is bad not even the language barrier could hide the bad acting in this one thing is no one watches a japanese gore movie for the acting something else you shouldn't expect from a japanese gore movie are actual scares these movies are in no way scary they are basically gross out comedies while they aren't exactly splat stick movies they are pretty darn close i've seen a lot of these movies if you're looking for some recommendations in the genre i think you should watch itchy the killer solely because it's one of the first even though it's not a favorite of mine and the machine girl which actually is a favorite of mine vampire clay is fun but not as much of a spectacle as those movies if you can watch it for free i recommend watching until the box containing the defeated vampire clay is taken to the aforementioned tokyo art school number three hereditary 2018 directed by ari aster practically everyone i've talked to is hyped up for this movie so if you want to watch it spoiler free just know that i highly recommend it and jump to 17 minutes 10 seconds all of you still listening have already seen it correct if you haven't seen it seriously skip to 17 minutes 10 seconds it'll be a much better experience if it's not spoiled all right I'm about to jump into spoilers. Okay, here we go. An artist named Annie's mysterious mother has passed away. They never had a strong relationship. Very shortly after, her daughter Charlie dies in a freak accident that her son Peter feels responsible for. The family is torn apart. Annie meets a woman named Joan at a gathering for people who have lost loved ones. Joan eventually shows Annie how to contact the dead annie contacts who she believes is charlie with peter and her husband joining in on the seance paranormal activity skyrockets annie finds out that joan was one of her mother's occult friends it's then revealed that her mother's body has been in the attic after it was stolen from its resting place annie figures out that her mother's occult friends are trying to summon a demon named payman she tries to stop this which ends up getting her husband killed annie is then possessed peter is surrounded by craziness including his possessed flying mother who's beheading herself which causes him to jump out a window in the attic to try and escape peter dies charlie slash payman possess peter's fresh corpse the cult then begins to chant hail payman the occult followers of payman are the killers they use evil magic to make everything happen this movie has been hyped up like crazy so does hereditary live up to the hype you better believe it during my viewing of hereditary i was filled with dread throughout the entire movie it's beautifully shot has amazing sound design and phenomenal acting everyone besides alex wolf is amazing his crying is terribly fake sounding and bad he does all right when he's not crying or screaming but i didn't expect much from the brother of the guy who stars in the terrible live-action american death note movie anyway the film is nearly perfect the last 15 minutes are a little ridiculous and i feel a few changes here and there would really push the movie to perfection i would have liked to see more unnerving movement from annie when she's possessed the flying around is creepy and all and i like the scene where she is hanging out in the top corner of the room unnoticed behind peter even though peter doesn't end up actually seeing her unlike a lot of movies that have these type of scenes solely to scare the audience it makes sense that possessed annie wants to observe peter i didn't love the ending i feel like the film ends on quite a timid note for a film that has so many disturbing scenes and the exposition doesn't fit at all allegedly during test screenings peter now charlie slash payman tears out their eyes without the added exposition from joan that is very out of place and neatly wraps up everything but people found it too disturbing and were confused i mean a lingering shot of the decapitated head of a young girl that's covered in ants accompanied by her mother's wailing as she finds the body is fine but eye gouging is definitely where the line should be drawn i could not find a reliable source so the different ending might be completely made up the whole movie alludes to the removal of peter's eyes which makes me believe the alternate ending exists everything from talks about oedipus who blinds himself to literal drawings of peter with x's over his eyes are in this i would have loved for the film to end with the hail payment chant and eye removal oh that other horrifying scene i was just talking about yeah this movie has one of the most depressing shocking and dreadful scenes i've ever seen hell it might be the worst scene i've ever seen not in quality but in the way it shook me so picture this you are speeding to a hospital to save your sister who due to an allergic reaction can barely breathe and is wheezing to death in the back seat she opens the window and sticks her head out to try and get any air into her lungs as you swerve to avoid the carcass of a deer in the road which leads to her face getting all too familiar with an electrical pole at 80 miles per hour the absolute despair that scene conjures is strikingly haunting the visual effects in this movie are insane ants covering heads look great which makes the scenes including them all the more horrific the decomposing headless maggot ridden body of the grandmother looks just like i imagine it would the burned corpse of the husband looks fantastic even the possessed annies flying around has a certain weight to it and feels real All of the visual effects in Hereditary are phenomenal. Well, not all of them. The flies in the attic are obviously CGI, and the ants that aren't swarming heads look a little off. But those are my only complaints with the visual effects. For the most part, the visual effects are beautiful and horrifying. I have one more issue now that I think about it. Joan proves that Seance's work by allegedly conjuring the spirit of her Seven, I think it was Seven, Year old grandson who writes beautifully on a chalkboard. Seven year olds can't write that well. Joan might be lying about who the spirit is, though, so say lovey. The sound design is great, barring some weird, barely audible house music that I thought was bleeding through the walls from another movie for the longest time. Besides those club like instances that you really have to listen for to notice, the score perfectly complements the tone and imagery of the film. I read that adr was used for continuity since june originally said annie's family needs to be in the same room when annie does the seance and annie tries it alone in the house first joan originally said room so it had to be dubbed over to house but i didn't notice it myself now i could see some people trying to poke holes in the plot it's not the hardest thing to do i'd say the easiest thing to point out is the lack of an epipen if your daughter is horribly allergic to nuts why do you not have an epipen close at all times i believe the movie answers this question and any similar ones evil magic okay okay that sounds like somewhat of a cop-out i know but fate versus free will is specifically brought up in peter's english class when they talk about oedipus the payman followers cast a spell specifically to decapitate charlie with the electrical pole that's why their sigil is carved into it and prominently shown until the very last act of the movie i was unsure whether or not the magic and paranormal ongoings were going to be real annie discusses her family's history of mental illness she talks about her mother having did towards the end of her life and her brother having schizophrenia you're somewhat misled to believe that annie is having a psychotic episode and that charlie's death triggered peter's schizophrenia it turns out that all the evil magic is actually real but i really enjoyed not being sure even when annie starts witnessing the seance action pet warning the family dog is shown dead the body is just laying in the grass nothing graphic about it a dove flies into a window and dies charlie cuts its head off it's as graphic as a dead dove getting its head cut off by scissors can be to wrap things up go see hereditary i hope you didn't listen to this prior to seeing it it's an experience since get out won an oscar i think tony Collette has a good chance of at least being nominated for her role in hereditary she's incredible number four patchwork 2015 directed by tyler mcintyre three women jennifer ellie and madeline end up getting combined like frankenstein's monster they try to figure out who can bind them and start racking up a body count it's revealed that madeline is crazy and wanted to be made into the perfect woman she killed jennifer and ellie and took their bodies so that she could be attached to them after she found a wacky doctor to help her a nerdy guy that's been helping the trio shows up at the doctor's office and the surgeon kills him jennifer and ellie lobotomize the third of them that is madeline Then use the surgeon to resurrect the nerdy guy that helped them. Jennifer, Ellie, and Madeline are the killers. I'm pretty sure the doctor just uses random dead bodies that he gets his hands on to do his experiments, and he did end up reviving the guy he killed, so. This movie was directed by Tyler McIntyre, who also directed Tragedy Girls, a movie I covered in an earlier episode and heavily enjoyed. Since I like that movie, what did i think of patchwork it's pretty incredible sure it is low budget and has some inconsistencies but the charm and humor are in full force tori stolper plays jennifer and i'm 90 percent sure she does all the body acting for the combined three girls that i'll refer to as the trio for simplicity's sake from now on her acting as the frankenstein trio is fantastic her movements are funny and stiff in the best possible way she brings a ton of physical comedy to the movie every time she stumbles around. Her movements are paired with the overly loud sounds of cracking bones, which I found incredibly funny throughout. The targets for the trio's murderous rampage are exactly who you want to see die at the hands of a scorned monster woman. The victims include a cheating douchebag husband, an artsy fartsy hipster, and an entire frat house. Well, most of the the dude bros in the Fred house even though death probably isn't something that most of the victims truly deserve i found myself completely on the trio's side the acting in this is hammy and fun for the most part there is one major issue with this movie that issue is an actor everyone but this one actor does a great job who is this terrible person who almost ruined the entire movie the guy who played fred weasley in the harry potter movies of course why is he in patchwork i have no idea maybe whoever cast him thought he would have some pull don't get me wrong i love the hp movies but i don't care if fred weasley is in your movie james phelps is the actor's name and holy cannoli can he not act to save his life he plays the nerdy guy why did they give him a main role in this every time he's on screen all the charm and fun is sucked from the scene i honestly want to say that his performance in patchwork might be the worst acting that i have ever seen i thought at the end of the movie it was going to be revealed that he was a robot the whole time he's lifeless the crew should have propped up a dead body and weakened it burnied his parts just replace him with a mannequin and i doubt anyone would be able to tell the difference i want to thank james phelps i have acted in a few things and have always been hard on myself about my acting if i end up acting in the future i'll just remind myself that no matter how bad i do my performance can't be as bad as fred weasley's in patchwork on the opposite side of the acting coin you have cory Sorensen, who plays the surgeon that put the girls together he's full of life and charisma he steals every scene he's in and put a stupid smile on my face with his over the top fun performance most of the gore in the movie is practical cgi blood is used at times but given that the humor in this movie is actually funny i can easily look past some lame cgi blood the makeup done for the trio and other monstrous multi-people creations is campy and great the trio is brought to life by what is very clearly a reference to the serum in reanimator and the soundtrack is awesome the movie is broken into a bunch of parts which is a little weird but overall patchwork is an incredibly fun movie i recommend checking this one out tyler mcintyre is definitely on my radar now fred weasley tried his darndest to ruin it but that bastard didn't prevail number five the people under the stairs 1991 directed by wes craven a boy named poindexter aka fool breaks into a house with the help of two other dudes to steal some coins once in the house fool's accomplices are killed by the incestuous brother and sister referred to as mommy and daddy that own the house the duo have a bunch of people locked up in the basement fool meets a girl the siblings kidnap named alice that they currently call their daughter fool makes it out alive he then goes back to rescue alice mommy gets killed by running into a knife alice is holding and daddy gets blown up after trying to shoot fool mommy and daddy are the killers i would say i'm a fan of Wes craven and really enjoy most of the movies i've seen from him the nightmare on elm street and scream movies are some of my favorite long-running horror series i had heard a lot of good things about the people under the stairs and unfortunately for me i did not enjoy it it has some content that is almost enjoyable like goofy practical gore and a ridiculous premise but the horrendous acting and the amount of unbelievable things in this movie never allowed me to be engrossed by what i was seeing on screen for example there is a huge rottweiler in the movie that is let loose to hunt down fool and his much larger accomplice the dog should be incredibly threatening because a dog like that can easily tear a person to shreds in this movie not only does the dog barely attack the big dude fool who is a young boy is able to hold his own against the dog the dog whose name is prince is supposed to be scary but just comes off as a rascal who ends up pet warning getting pinned against a wall by a small boy then stabbed by daddy who is trying to kill said boy with a bayonet by stabbing it through the wall the boy is hiding in prince's death is more ridiculous than sad to be completely honest the dog is the best actor in the movie the way he slumps down after getting stabbed is incredible he made that death believable kudos to you dog now the sound design in wes craven's movies is off at times like in a movie i covered a while ago that he did called new nightmare but in the people under the stairs the bar is lowered even further terrible stock sounds are used all over the place when characters are outside generic bird sounds are played when prince the dog slides down a ramp in a tub the sound effects that were used back in the day for werewolf movies are added in think of the old werewolf movie howl that's the one they used there are so many sound effects that are generic and don't fit with what they are used for the soundtrack is also terrible it's maximum cheese i do appreciate the social commentary the film provides But the movie isn't getting a pass from me solely because of that mommy and daddy want a kid that loves them and never gives them any hassle so they kidnap a bunch of kids once a kidnappy screws up they get thrown in the basement under the stairs but why doesn't it seem like a liability to have a bunch of people you don't like in your basement mommy and daddy aren't against killing so why didn't they just kill all the kids that didn't work out instead another thing that really bugged me throughout the movie is a shotgun that daddy runs around with whenever he is on screen with it he cocks it before shooting which i guess is supposed to be intimidating i'm normally not a big stickler for realistic portrayals of guns in movies but he is literally hunting people with this shotgun shouldn't he have a round in the chamber ready to go fool and daddy end up in the basement that for some reason is the location of mommy and daddy's fortune and also where the house is rigged to explode daddy has his shotgun and is trying to kill fool daddy finds fool and has the shotgun pointed directly at him fool is holding two wires that he threatens to put together which will blow up the house and kill daddy now in a situation like this as long as there is a round in the chamber all daddy has to do is shoot fool in the face the chances of the wires touching after that are incredibly slim so what happens well you see for some unknown reason i.e terrible writing daddy's shotgun is not ready to fire so he cocks it which gives fool plenty of time to touch the wires together which conveniently cause an explosion that only blows up daddy and the house without harming fool or anyone else the people under the stairs is long and ridiculously bad in the worst possible way Skip this movie and instead watch another lesser known Wes Craven movie that he directed called Deadly Friend, where a murderous robot ends up in a girl's body. It's bad, good, and absolutely hilarious. Number 6 The Killing of a Sacred Deer, 2017, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. A heart surgeon named Stephen may or may not have been responsible for a boy named Martin's dad's death. Stephen hangs out with Martin out of pity martin then somehow causes steven's family to start dying which also paralyzes them martin tells steven that his whole family will die unless he kills one of them tit for tat a cure isn't found so steven eventually decides to kill one of his family members at random after killing his son everyone else is fine and everyone else including martin go on with their lives steven is the killer technically he does shoot his son josh you said stephen killed one of his family members at random he shot one how do you do that put one bullet in a revolver and be the trigger man in a nice family game of russian roulette nope stephen tied everyone to chairs then spun around the room randomly shooting a rifle until he hit someone yeah i know that's probably the stupidest way to randomly kill one of your family members but it's comedic this movie is supposed to be funny so i guess the scene is humorous due to the absurdity of it i've seen three of yorgos lanthimos's movies so far i started with dogtooth which i remember enjoying then i saw the lobster which i hated now i'm at the killing of a sacred deer i have decided i don't like yorgos while i can appreciate the technical skill that is put into his movies and think they are aesthetically pleasing i don't enjoy a lot of his stylistic choices and his use of absurdity which comes off as a crutch to me i absolutely despise the way he does dialogue the robotic inhuman awkwardness of the delivery makes sense in the lobster but in the killing of a sacred deer it doesn't do anything for me it makes sense for barry keoghan who plays martin i think he's great in this it just doesn't work for the rest of the cast yorgos loves to put in wacky and taboo material in his movies for the sole purpose of being weird and shocking the conversations the characters have with each other are completely ridiculous and most of what is said in this movie would never come out of a real person's mouth asking to see people's body hair openly talking about menstruation and the sexiness of people's hands no one can deliver these lines sincerely i know that yorgos doesn't want the actors to though he wants them to all come off as weirdos it just doesn't work for me at all it feels like he's trying to make a wes anderson movie without the interesting characters in this movie he has steven tell a story about jacking off his dad why does it do anything for the plot or development of the character nope it's shocking though steven tells this to bob his son so when steven is trying to decide on who to kill i kept thinking he had to kill bob he obviously can't let the one person that knows that he gave his passed out old man a handy live martin isn't on the killer list even though he threatens to kill everyone and starts doing so through means that are never fully explained there's a scene where the daughter is able to walk again while on the phone with martin so i'm pretty sure he uses witch powers to make everyone sick i think the killing of a sacred deer could have been something i really enjoyed The movie is much longer than it needs to be the score is absolutely disastrous eerie music is played during scenes that don't need it whenever something disturbing happens what's shown on screen is accompanied by a cacophony of garbage i get that these bursts of random instruments are supposed to fill me with dread and be jarring but every time the horrendous overbearing score kicks in during a scene that would be truly disturbing i'm just annoyed and the moment is ruined if the movie was cut down the score was replaced by a more subtle and tactful approach and the actors were allowed to show even the slightest bit of emotion i think the killing of a sacred deer would be a great horror comedy the comedic beats are so close to being fantastic if you completely disagree with me regarding my thoughts on yorgos lanthimos's work i'd really like to discuss it i feel like i should enjoy these movies but everything after dogtooth has fallen flat for me i do think that the killing of a sacred deer is exponentially better than the lobster but i still don't recommend it unless you are already a fan of lanthimos's other work the killing of a sacred deer is a film that is very well done but i did not find it enjoyable number seven the birch 2017 directed by ben franklin and anthony melton A bullied kid summons the protector called the birch in a forest the birch then kills his bully the birch is the killer this is a short film from crypt tv the practical effects in this look amazing the maimed body of the bully looks grotesque with a ton of great slash wounds it's honestly some of the best gore i have ever seen in a short horror film the birch design is creepy and awesome she looks just like i would imagine a demonic treant to look i especially like the branches protruding out of the top of her head the story is simplistic but works kid gets bullied kid summons a demonic treant demonic ant kills the bully it's a little strange that this bully has such a hard on for his victim the bullied kid is all alone in the middle of a forest and the bully just happens to pop up there the acting is all right i didn't love the kid's mom or grandma but she's playing a dying worshiper of the birch she acts like a person who's in a cult which technically works i would have preferred her delivery to be more haunting than preachy though there's a part where she tells the kid to go into the forest and find the mark 10 seconds later the kid is in the forest where he finds the mark and the soundbite of the woman saying find the mark is played again Besides that and a terrible, pointless scream that the Birch makes at the end, the sound design isn't bad. This is the first thing I've seen from Crypt TV, and the production quality is amazing. If you're looking for a fun, short film with a neat creature, check out The Birch. Episode 21 is complete. What a doozy. I can't believe that guy banged an arcade machine multiple times as always a big thanks to sticker fridge for hosting the podcast which lets it crawl into all your beds and favorite podcast apps there are a ton of great podcasts on the network that you should check out basuda boys are back and trashier than ever with their 11th episode and fam films recently covered the best kevin bacon movie tremors if you liked what you heard from me why not leave a review for blank is the killer on itunes I know that iTunes is terrible and somewhat of a hassle to use, but if you have an iPhone, open up the podcast app. It's easier and quicker than you think to leave a review through that app. I hope you can all survive the rest of June without me, because the next episode will be brought to life on July 1st. Until then, watch Hereditary if you haven't already.